Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Luna Love of the Podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded, the Araqual people of the Bunjalung Nation, and pays respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to Luna Love of the Podcast. I'm your host, Jordana Levine, and today we're going to have a look back through some of the major transits of 2023. Not just for funsies, although I don't know, maybe it will be quite fun, (laughs) but so that you can reflect on what surfaced for you at certain points throughout the year and ponder what lessons you learned from these transits. Because, you know, that's the whole point of astrology, right? self-awareness and especially the transits the transits are there for us to see deeper into our own psyche understand our feelings better understand our motivations on a deeper level now obviously there's a bunch of stuff that's happened this year uh week to week (laughs) there's new transits Um, Some of them might have felt bigger than others for you specifically, but I'm just going to pull out the major astrology of this year. I don't even know where to start, to be honest. So much has happened. I think we'll kind of move chronologically, but knowing me, I'll probably jump around a little bit as well. But let's start back in March. That's when some of the big things began. Um, we've had, we had quite a few of the outer planets changing signs in 2023. Now that doesn't happen all that often. I mean, like the real outer planets, Pluto changes every 20 years, Uranus every seven, uh, Saturn every two and a half to three years, Jupiter every year. The planets that change signs this year, um, which were very notable, was Pluto, because like I said, that happens every 20 years. Uh, Saturn changed signs and Jupiter also changed changed signs. So we'll talk about those to begin with. Let's start with Saturn entering Pisces. This began on the 8th of March and it's going to remain in Pisces until the 26th of May 2025. It will take a very brief detour in Aries and then it will re-enter Pisces on September 1st, 2025 and remain there until February 14, 2026. So essentially it's going to be in Pisces until 2026. So a bunch of you will have entered your Saturn return. If you're around the age of 28, 29, It's likely that that happened for you if your natal Saturn is in Pisces. So I'm wondering for you guys, what's come up for you thus far? 
Now, if your natal Saturn is in the early degrees of Pisces, you've had your exact Saturn return. But if you're in the mid to later degrees of Pisces, it's still coming. Brace yourselves. For the rest of us, if you've had planets in the first seven degrees of Pisces, so either zero degrees all the degrees in between to seven degrees of Pisces, you would have really felt the effects of this transit. The same goes for the rest of the mutable sign in the early degrees. So Virgo, Gemini and Sagittarius. Now what you want to be looking at is your sun, moon or your ascendant sign. Also Mercury, Venus and Mars. You probably would have felt those as well. The themes around Saturn entering Pisces have been really like interesting, I think. I said initially when I did the podcast around the astrology of 2023 that the themes of Saturn entering Pisces were going to be kind of reality versus fantasy, right? And sort of seeing that play out on a macro level and also on a personal micro level. It was also going to bring up boundary setting, yeah? And it's so interesting, like... In my own personal reflection on this, I've really noticed how that's come up for me very much in the last six months, which has been interesting because Saturn was in retrograde. So it was very introspective. Saturn was opposing my moon this year. So that makes a lot of sense for me. It also perhaps had us questioning our beliefs, especially around spiritual practices, religious practices, wellness practices. Um, In some respects, it may have had a few of you rejecting spirituality or sort of redefining your relationship with spirituality. Saturn really wanted us to face our challenges head on. So if you have found this year to be quite challenging, perhaps you're an avoidant type or a quite sort of passive, like don't like confrontation or overwhelm, you might have found this particular transit to be quite a challenge for you. It's also worth having a look where Saturn was transiting through your natal chart this year. So that's sort of like what house it was moving through. So the way that you identify that is to bring up your natal chart and find where zero to seven degrees of Pisces would fall within your chart, what house it's falling in. That's going to give you a little bit of an insight where you may have encountered those themes of boundaries, questioning beliefs, Um, reality versus fantasy coming up for you. For me, it was happening in the ninth house, which is interesting because that's very much about our deep-seated belief systems and our ideals, but also the world of publishing sits there. And that's been very interesting for me. Another big change of signs for one of the major planets was Pluto. It entered Aquarius on the 23rd of March And it stayed there until June 11th. But then what it did is it went into retrograde back through the the sign of Capricorn. And it's going to be there until the 21st of January. Then it's going to hop back into Aquarius until September. And then it's going to go back into Capricorn for a bit. Then in November 2024, it'll stay in Aquarius until 2043. We're going to talk about that a little bit more when I do the astrology of 2024 episode in January. But 
what this year has given us is a little taste of Pluto in Aquarius and what's coming for us over the next 20 year transit. It's going to be dancing between those two for a little while longer between Aquarius and Capricorn. So at the beginning of the year, when I did my 2023 predictions, I said that the final stretch of Pluto in Capricorn will likely cause a bit of a stir in retaliation to the revolutionary ideals and structures that Pluto in Aquarius promises to bring. So, I said, expect some large-scale social conflict around this time. Yeah, so Pluto is in Capricorn right now, my friends. Then, after a bit of back and forth, Pluto will settle back into Aquarius to begin its uninterrupted 20-year journey through the sign of rebellion and change. So, the next 20 years, I believe is going to be a real phoenix rising from the ashes moment for the world. But first, there needs to be a total dismantling. You've got to remember Pluto is all about power and control. Yeah, and this back and forth between Aquarius and Capricorn has already seen a dismantling of structures. I think that's going to continue to happen. But... I mean, I don't think I'm being overly optimistic here. I truly believe that from this place, there is space for renewal, for rebirth. I I really, 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 really have hope for humanity and our future. I know many of us don't, but I'm sure I've said this in previous episodes. We're going through the tower crumbling process right now. It's likely to get a little bit worse. But then I think on the other side of that, I think there's going to be some serious change and for the better. But first, it's going to get a little intense. We also had two major eclipse seasons. I mean, we get them every year, but let's go through the ones we had this year. The first eclipse season of 2023 happened in April and May. We had the Aries solar eclipse, and then it was followed by the Scorpio lunar eclipse. And that first eclipse season was very closely linked to the second eclipse season that we got in October, where we had the Libra solar eclipse and the Taurus lunar eclipse. This year in July, so halfway through those uh, eclipse seasons, the nodal axis, which is where the lunar nodes sit, shifted from the Taurus-Scorpio nodal axis to the Aries-Libra nodal axis. So a few of you entered a new nodal return. So those people who came out of, if you have your lunar nodes in Taurus and Scorpio, then you would have come out of your nodal return, which probably felt real nice. And then if you had your, if you have your lunar nodes in Aries and Libra, you will have entered your nodal return for the next 18 months. The themes for all of us, but especially those with their lunar nodes in Aries and Libra, were all about independence and confidence, courage and autonomy, especially in relationships. Yeah, that nodal axis is really about me versus we. Aries is me, Libra is we. And then to add to this, we did also have 
Venus moving into retrograde and Venus <laughs> rules Libra on that nodal axis. Let's talk about the Venus retrograde of this year. Um, I feel like... I mean, maybe it was just in my world, but I really feel like it was the, uh, what's the word? Like the the core of the energy this year. It did happen in the middle of the year, but I feel like everything that sort of like spun around it all kind of linked back to this Venus retrograde. I'd be interested to know if you guys felt that too. For many of us, Venus retrograde, which took place between July 24 and September 4, in Leo was a make or break for relationships and the eclipses of course added to this as well because they were happening on that Aries and Libra nodal axis. Self-worth was a major theme of this retrograde for many of you I know it was for me Um, and then from the 23rd of August to September 3rd we had a Mercury retrograde and the Venus retrograde happening at the same time time we also had Saturn Pluto and Neptune in retrograde so it was a real slowing down of sorts which probably made a bunch of you really uncomfortable um I would say during that period a lot of things from the past probably resurfaced for you when you mix a Mercury retrograde and a Venus retrograde together, there's miscommunications, there's tricky conversations. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some booty call text messages happening. What I encouraged in the podcast episodes that came out at the time was introspection. What were you learning about yourself through these transits so hopefully as we sort of near the end of this year and we're well out of that Venus retrograde you've been able to reflect on what surfaced for you around relationships around your self-worth around your finances around your sense of inner peace yeah that's what that whole period was about Maybe you see yourself in relationships in a new way. Perhaps you have more clarity around what you value in relationships. Perhaps you have more clarity around values in general. Yeah, it was a big one though, really big one. (laughs) Then in May, oh, we're jumping back a bit. I told you I'd do this. Sorry, I jumped to July. We're going to jump backwards to May. Jupiter moved into Taurus and it's going to remain in Taurus until the 25th of May and then it's going to slip into Gemini. We'll talk about that in the Astrology of 2024 podcast episode that comes out in Jan. But Jupiter, as you guys know, is the planet of luck and knowledge and higher education, spirituality, philosophy, opportunity. I love it. It's such a great planet. It really offers us the chance to make real progress toward a dream or a long-term goal and really put down the roots for longevity and success when it's in Taurus. Um, And, you know, Jupiter being in Taurus also sort of promoted dedication, self-value and focus. So what I'm interested in is how this played out for you according to the house that Jupiter was transiting through. So what you want to have a look at is in your natal chart, where does Taurus fall? That's where Jupiter would have been transiting. So for me, Jupiter was transiting through my 10th house and my 11th house. And, you know, that really rings true in my life. 10th house is house of career. 11th house is the house of community and forward progression. 
um, and of technology <laughs> and all of those things um, was really where I had luck and opportunity this year. And also a deeper sense of understanding about myself, my values and my focus. So I'm wondering how that plays out for you. And then if you want to skip ahead, you could also have a look at where Gemini falls in your natal chart because that's where Jupiter is heading next. Here's what I said about Jupiter in Taurus uh, at the beginning of the year. When Jupiter is direct in Taurus, it creates growth and abundance in the material realm. As Venus ruled Taurus oversees money and material possessions. However, because Taurus brings the slowest energy of the entire zodiac, Jupiter's propensity to expand turns cautious, which can be seen as a good thing. Taurus in Jupiter, sorry, Jupiter in Taurus adopts the slow and steady wins the race approach, making this a winning combination. So again, I want you to have a look at your natal chart and see where perhaps this energy might have rung true for you. All right, that's it. They were the major transits of this year. I mean, it's been it's been a <laughs> it's been a really big year. Um, it might not feel like a lot, um, but like I said, that Saturn, uh, transiting Saturn, changing signs, transiting Pluto, changing signs, and then moving back and then going forward and then moving back and then going forward. It's a lot. Yeah. Because it's talking about new periods in our life. Yeah. Entering new eras. Yeah. Pluto's moving into its Pluto in Aquarius era. It is the age of Aquarius. Um, all right, my loves. So in January, I'll bring you an episode for the 2024 astrology. If you're interested in joining me for celestial storytelling, there's a link in the show notes. That's my new astrology course. It's going to help you understand your natal chart. It's also really going to help you if you struggle to get your head around when I say things like, look in your natal chart where zero to seven degrees Pisces is. This is where you're going to be feeling X, Y, Z. I know that's really confusing. This course is going to make it so super clear for you. So not only are you learning how to read a natal chart and understand yourself better on that level, it's actually really going to help you understand this podcast better and how you can use the transits to help you throughout the year. Natal chart readings. Um, I have a couple of spots left in Feb. I thought Feb was booked up, but it's not. So there's a couple of spots left in February. Otherwise, we're looking at the year ahead starting from March. So book yourself in for that. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be chatting about Capricorn season. How exciting. I love Capricorn season. I struggle with Capricorn energy. I struggle a little bit with Capricorn people no that's not true that's not true I have I have Capricorn friends and Capricorn family but we're different we're just a little bit different (laughs) but I really like Capricorn season because I feel like the school principal is smack me on the bum with a wooden ruler sounds sounds a bit naughty doesn't it um but getting me into uh gear and action I'm always a bit like head down bum up oh there's that bum reference again I'm so sorry (laughs) I don't know what's going on slapping me on the wrist just you know anyway disciplined that's what I was looking for I feel quite disciplined during Capricorn season (laughs) whoa that went really rogue I might edit it out let's see if you're hearing this I didn't 
Um, after Capricorn season episode, you're going to get an episode on Christmas Eve. So that's almost two episodes in a week, sort of almost. They're going to be very close together. Um, that's going to be all about the Cancer full moon, which is happening on December 27. If you want to become a subscriber of the podcast, I would love you to do that. You get two episodes a week. You also get access to the new moon circle and the full moon circle. So that's two circles a month. Um, And you also get access to the close friends group on Instagram where every week um, I put up a question box and you can ask me anything related to any of the episodes or any astrology questions in general. If you'd like to become a subscriber, all you need to do is click the link in the show notes of this episode. All right, my loves, until next week, I'm Jordana Levine and you've been listening to Luna Lover, the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.